0: How do I stop this conflict? That is the question that many parents ask themselves, maybe sometimes even before breakfast. Our guest today is a master mediator. She has been helping international companies solve conflicts for over 30 years. Now she's going to help you solve conflicts at home.
1: I like cute clothes. I like having stylish outfits. And I hate shopping. Armoire makes getting dressed easier. Armoire is a clothing rental membership option. And Janet and I recently have both tried it out. And you guys, it is so much fun. You go to their website. You get to take a little quick style quiz. Takes five minutes. And then you get presented a list of beautiful clothing, pictures, wonderful clothes that you can pick out and get delivered to your house for you to try and wear in the comfort of your own home without going out and determine what looks cute. Put together outfits without investing a ton of money. Right now, our listeners can give armoire a try and get up to 50% off your first month. That is up to $125 off. Just visit envoys. That's armoir.style. A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash on boys to get 50% off your first month and never have to worry about what to wear again. Try armoire
0: today. This is the On Boys Parenting Podcast. We are your co-host, Jennifer L.W. Fink of buildingboys.net, and I'm Janet Allison of boysalive.com. Thanks for being here, and now, on boys. How do I stop this conflict? That's a question that many, or maybe all, of our parenting listeners have likely asked themselves, sometimes even before breakfast. Whether it's a toddler who is melting down and hitting you, or a teen who is now bigger and louder than you and can certainly out-argue you, how do you find solutions when it seems impossible to deal with the other person while you're also losing your cool? Our guest today, Hesha Abrams, was recommended to us by one of our listeners, and we love it when that happens. She is an internationally renowned master mediator, attorney, and the author of Holding the Calm The Secret to Resolving Conflict and Diffusing Tension, which we can certainly use more of in our parenting and in all of our relationships. Welcome, Hesha. Excellent. Thank you so much for having me. And I would also say that you're the, you raised a son and a daughter, and now you're the grandmama of two boys and two girls. Yes, you,
2: ma'am.
0: Yeah, you've got the corporate skills, but it's like parenting. Hesho, we need it. We need it in our parenting. And also, I do have to admit, right up front, I'm a conflict avoider at all costs. And I think there's a lot of us out there. So let's start there. What do you do when you just conflict is too uncomfortable and now you're raising these kids? Maybe you've got a teen that is over the top with conflict. (sighs) Where do you start?
2: All right. So let's talk about this. So the first thing I want to say to your listeners is I've run literally five businesses I've been an attorney and a mediator for three decades now, and I will tell you unequivocally, the hardest job I have ever had is being a parent. So I give kudos and applause to everybody, first of all, who are good enough parents to listen to this podcast, who want to get better and who want to understand extra tools to do things. And what happens is that you know when you say conflict avoidant, some people are conflict avoidant. Some people were raised in a family where all you did was fight. That's what my family was. It was a very dysfunctional family growing up. And if you didn't fight, you would have been eaten. So I learned to be very aggressive, which is why, of course, you know, oh, you should become a lawyer. You can argue. Um, But all of those are the ends of the bell curve extremes that are not really effective. So let me give you, I'm, I'm sort of the analogy queen. Uh, And that's because the Bible, the Bhagavad Gita, the Torah, the Buddhist teachings, everything teaches in stories because our brains hear things in icons. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to be giving lots of stories. So the first one I like to do is spaghetti sauce. If you drip it on the counter, it wipes right up with a sponge. No problem. You leave it overnight. You're scraping it off of the spatula. You leave it two or three months. It becomes old and moldy and gross. That, my friends, is conflict. Mm -hmm. And the problem is that, look at, I titled the book, Holding the Calm, The Secret to Resolving Conflict and Diffusing Tension. And the reason for that is all conflict. 100% of it starts with tension, always. Mm -hmm. And it may be silent and unexpressed, but it's there. And when you learn to wipe the spaghetti sauce up when it's wet, it's so much easier. And it still works. All the techniques I'm going to give you, I, you know, I do really hard, challenging, difficult things. So they all work. They're all battle tested, which is why I wrote this book for real people. Why should professionals have tools, like real normal people? And by the way, late at night, lawyers, CEOs, big fancy schmancy people will talk to me about a problem with their kid or a problem with their kid's teacher or their neighbor or their spouse or their idiot brother-in-law. So everybody has these issues, it doesn't really matter. And how do we handle it? So that's sort of my little introduction so that we have can frame it. Mm-hmm. So let me let me turn to conflict avoidant and conflict ascendant, where we want to go to both of them, if that's okay with you. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so some of your listeners know what the amygdala is. Mm-hmm. Some of you do not. So indulge me if I give you a little 101 on brain science. We have something called the amygdala, which are two small kidney-shaped little organs back in the deep, deep, deep behind our brains, at the kind of at the bottom near the brainstem. They're called the reptilian brain. Uh, it's the fear and negativity center of the, of the body. It's a thing that makes you go into fight, flight, or freeze. And when that happens, it just takes over. And we get something called ocular occlusion and auditory exclusion. And that basically, neuroscience, fancy words for your eyes shut down and your ears shut down, yeah. right? You can't see. Now, what's interesting about it is people they shove people in MRI machines and do all kinds of things. So we're learning how the brain works. When the amygdala is triggered by conflict, by tension, the amygdala is in control. When it's triggered, you go into what's called a refractory state for literally 20 minutes. And it's 18 to 22, depending on who you are, but It's Mm -hmm. basically, interestingly, across all human beings, genders, ethnicities, cultures, socioeconomic, educational levels, it doesn't matter. You are a human and you got these little amygdala back there. Mm -hmm. 20 minutes, you shut down. So to logicate with someone or rationalize or give them data or information when they're in a refractory state, is just foolish and frankly disrespectful. Mm -hmm. And i joke that we have flat foreheads because we just smash our heads against the wall all the time <laughs> you know uh, but so when that happens to somebody you got to pull back you got to hold the calm mm-hmm. because otherwise you're just you're just pouring water on dry ground that's just going to run run away and then you'll get frustrated then your amygdala gets triggered now yeah. we're off to the races yeah. that's sort of the problem that's so true. that's how it starts so if you're conflict avoidant that means that you have an amygdala that says freeze or flee mm-hmm. way more than fight and you just go ah, stop 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 and i want to run away it often happens because one it's the way you're wired and two you don't have enough tools to know how to handle the fight you're like you don't bring you know a, a knife to a gunfight mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and that's what happens we don't teach this stuff If you are because I want to do both of them at the same time, let's say you're a conflict person where conflict is comfortable to you. Fighting is comfortable to you. Well, that's the way it was for me. That's the way I was raised. I mean, yelling, screaming, fighting, arguing. That's just what it was. And it took me years of therapy to pull back out and delete all of that software programming that said, this is not the way I want to live. It's not the way I want to raise my family. And I got better and better and better the older and older I got learning how to use some of these techniques.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I want to give you a chance to, you know, inter- get interchange with anything you want. Otherwise, I want to give some specific examples and ideas for folks.
0: Run with it, Hasha. Run with it. This is okay. really good stuff. I know our listeners are on the edge of their seats. So go.
2: excellent. Excellent. So let's talk again about brain chemistry. I'm mm-hmm. sure of our listeners have heard of dopamine. Dopamine is sort of the reward, feel good, yay, this is going to be good. Um, and cortisol is the danger hormone that says, back up, back up, back up, you know, danger, danger, Will Robinson, no, 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 I can't do this. Yeah. So when, when you get into conflict, one or two of those, of those chemicals flood your body. So now you can't breathe. So why do I do, why did I even call this book Holding the Calm? Uh, n- never. In the history of calming down, has anyone ever calmed down by being told to calm down?
0: To calm down, which is what we do as parents. Again, forehead against the wall. <laughs>
2: correct, yeah. correct, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna give you a little of the science behind why it doesn't work. When the amygdala is triggered, the amygdala is triggered with high emotions, big emotions, fear, anger, self-righteousness, anger, greed, you know, arrogance, all that stuff just triggers it. So when it's triggered, it's powerless. So if I say to you, "Calm down," I'm taking power and I'm making you feel more powerless. You're either mm-hmm. going to run away from me or you're going to fight with me. Mm-hmm. One or the other, right? Yeah. And teenagers will do that. They'll either run away or they'll fight, or they, because they're teenagers, will do a combination of you know of all of it, right? Just to keep us on our toes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> seriously. So. The first thing is to get back a sense of power, either to you or to the other person. So, I use even I, you know, I mean, I'm an expert in this stuff, and I've got a pretty long wick on my candle, pretty long. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. you get me when I'm vulnerable or when I'm tired, or you poke me. I've got an amygdala. My amygdala is going to get triggered. So, what I've done is I created a mantra, a talisman, a rabbit's foot that says, I'm holding the calm, I'm holding the calm, I'm holding the calm, I'm holding the calm. That took five seconds. Mm -hmm. Now that says to my amygdala, you're not powerless. You've got tools, Mm -hmm. you've got options, you've got choices. And what that does is it helps get me out of that refractory state we talked about, and it creates a moat around my emotions, because when you're feeling big, heavy, intense emotions and just imagine poor teenagers you can pay me to be a teenager again. Oh I mean, God, right. No, hormones not kicking into your body. High school, middle school are awful. You got pimples, you got sexual urges. You don't know what to do with you. You're gawky. I mean, it's awful. Add social media and screens. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Terrible, yeah. terrible. And so what happens is they get very triggered. And so now they feel powerless. So like every human, you grab power, however you can it's sex it's junk food it's music it's violent games it's it's things to give us the dopamine hit so we don't get the cortisol negative hit from the negative um, hormone so when you say i'm holding the calm i'm holding the calm i'm holding the calm i have told my amygdala i'm not powerless here i've got options i've got choices now i have a moat around my, what I'm feeling and what I choose to do. That's mm. power, my friends. Mm-hmm. You then model that for your teenagers. And let's say you're able to keep yourself calm, but they are not. So you can't say to them, you need to hold the calm. What does that do? Right. It just freaks the amygdala out. So what you can say is, I'm holding the calm. I'm holding the calm. I'm holding the calm. And you just say it. And mom's weird. Dad's weird today. What's going on? But all of a sudden... They're going to feel a little bit better and then that's a nice segue into how to handle big emotions with your teen can i just go there with it it's a nice segue for that yeah so are your listeners will laugh because i created something called vux validate understand clarify summarize and i did that on purpose because when you're really mad at somebody you can just say VUX. <laughs> So now, none of your listeners are going to forget that acronym, are they? (laughs) You just say, you just fuck them. Um, But so the first one is validate. Now, let's say I can validate. The boyfriend broke up with you. The girlfriend broke up with you. You didn't make the team. Okay, let's say whatever it is, I can validate it. That's easy. So you validate it. But let's do an advanced class here. What if you can't validate it? What if they're just saying stuff that is stupid or selfish or shallow, or you're just too tired to deal with it yet again? You're exhausted because you're a human being too as a parent, for God's sakes, right? So what you do for them is you name the emotion. You seem really frustrated. I'm not frustrated. I'm angry. Okay. You seem like you're really angry. Tell me about that. What that does to the amygdala is it takes it out of friend or foe. It goes, okay, maybe I'm not alone here. Maybe I'm okay. Maybe I have an ally. Maybe I have somebody who can actually help me. Even when I'm saying something stupid, even when I'm saying something silly or ridiculous or foolish or annoying, I'm being seen. I'm being heard. Mm -hmm. Just naming the emotion drains 50% of the poison out. Trust me, listeners, trust me. I'm a professional, do this at home, right? (laughs) 50% will drain out. Then you ask a couple of follow-up questions about it. And let's say, I understand why you're so angry. Okay, that's easy. But let's say I don't. Yeah. You can be honest and say, honey, I can see how angry you are, but I don't understand why. Mm -hmm. Help me to understand why you're so angry so I can help you. You don't think that will drain another 50% of the poison out? Yeah right? That's just the V of Vox. Then the U as you understand, the C as you clarify by asking questions, the S as you summarize, that's a problem solving model that literally takes five or six minutes. And people may, and it's all in the book, mm-hmm. right? lay it out really easily for you. But you know, people say, oh, it takes too long. Really? Think about a fight with your teen, how long that takes? Days. Days. To get over it. Yeah. And then there's a bruising afterwards. And then there's a mistrust, like I can't talk to you, you know, and teens have to be able, especially sons, you know, their view of women, how they interact with a woman, how a woman listens to them. All of that is so critically important to actually building a healthy son who then will choose a healthy mate. Because remember for the mothers here, you're going to get a daughter-in-law.
1: Yep, You You want a
2: healthy, good daughter-in-law. Right, mm-hmm. not a challenging, difficult one for the rest of your life, and yeah. that's why there are mother-in-law jokes and not yeah. father-in-law jokes. <laughs>
0: right, right. Yeah, and and also, you know, some sons may choose men, so there's that. Yes, too. of course. And
2: You're totally correct. Yes, absolute. that is also.
0: True. I want to actually read the question that our listener sent to me when I said, this is the listener who said, you've got to have Hesha on the show. Her book is great. She has a 17 and a half year old boy. She's a solo mom. Dad lives with his partner somewhere else. So there is this place, and I, I see where all of this can be so useful. There's this place where our boys get louder and physically stronger and bigger than we are as yeah. women yeah. and so she asks he has been physically aggressive with her and to the point of like i'm not leaving the room i'm not she's in her bedroom it's late at night she wants to go to sleep and he physically will not move out of that location this particular boy also has adhd causing the tendency to overtalk, to not hear, push his point relentlessly. So she so our listener asks, are there any tools when dealing with a not quite mature brain? And we will plug in here that our males don't fully mature in their frontal lobe neocortex that great oh so 25 years or old till they're 25, 26, 27, 28 years old.
2: Yes. So you are yes.
0: dealing with this immature brain. Yes, a Brain that's also affected by anxiety. Yes. And so when he's trying to negotiate something he feels passionate about, yes, she feels powerless yes. and exhausted. I'll yes. plug that in there too.
2: Yes So first of all, uh, I'm gonna give you a paradigm shift and to to our I'm gonna just call you our, our dear listener. Mm-hmm. What a wonderful thing that your son needs you enough. That he won't leave your room how's that for a paradigm shift because if he didn't need you love you value you respect you want you he'd be out of there i mean the, the self the self takes care of the self if you were not worthy and good and helpful and lovable and wonderful he'd be out of there he wouldn't he wouldn't do that so what when, when he's saying to you is i'm drowning I don't have any tools. Oh, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. That's what he's saying to you. So we just need tools. So first of all, VUX is your friend. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the book, read that chapter of VUX multiple times, practice it, practice it, practice it. VUX is absolutely a, a, a bomb detector that diffuses a bomb. It is the greatest thing, You I use it all the time. It is really absolutely marvelous. Um, and even when you're tired and exhausted, because you can spend 15 quality minutes and not two hours of exhaustion stuff, then you don't deal with a crisis in the crisis, in the crisis, it's crisis management, right? Yeah. So we always want to deal with preventative maintenance stuff. So in the crisis, Vox is your friend, big time. And um, And validation is the grease for the train tracks of life. It is just amazing. You get somebody angry and mad, and you say, I really respect how passionate you are about this. I really like how you've really thought your position through on that. I really like that you care so much about that. I'm really impressed that you've researched that. Again, 50% of the poison is going to drain out because it's the amygdala. That's why I always start the talk with the amygdala, because once we understand you've got a little dragon in you, wow, you know, <laughs> going at you, you got to get that sucker to calm down, or you can't do anything. Mm-hmm. So that's what you're doing during crisis. But now, wait till the next day when yeah. things will calm, and usually people that have ADD, ADHD, and high emotionality will—it's like a sugar high—they'll go high and they'll go low. They go high and they go low. So you wait till you then they're in a low, and you say. Let's talk about how we can help each other understand each other better, because I love you. I respect you. I value you. And I want to be able to do this better for you. Mm-hmm. you got his attention. Yeah. Okay, you got his attention. Then you say, you know, when you're having big emotions, let's talk about some things to do. Now, I taught this to my i didn't think of this honestly until about four years ago uh, with my grandson i have a seven year old grandson that's got adhd and a lot of anger issues and some impulse control issues so i had to make some stuff up and what i did is i said let's dinosaur it out he went what's that so what i've invented for him that now is fantastic and now i'm using it telling other people because it works for adults it works for everybody so when you're having big emotions your amygdala is in control, you are not in control, you can't see clearly, you can't hear clearly, you can't think clearly, all you hear is danger, 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 everything is red. You know, what am I supposed to do? So you have to get back in control. So I want to hit myself auditorily, visually and tactily. I want to hit myself on all three learning styles. So what I do, is I fold my, my, my hand into not a fist fist, but where I have my nails that are kind of digging into the palm of my hand. And I dig them. So you get a little tiny prick. That's enough that's a sensory to go, okay, something else is happening to your parasympathetic nervous system.
0: This episode is sponsored by By Heart.
1: Babies need to eat. And whether you breastfeed or bottle feed, use formula, combine all of the above, you need options. We wanted to let you know about ByHeart baby formula. ByHeart has a patented protein blend that gets the closest to breast milk. It includes two of the most abundant proteins in breast milk, and ByHeart actually ran a clinical trial comparing their formula to a leading infant formula and proved that babies on ByHeart have softer poops, less spit up, and easier digestion. Byheart is also the only US-made infant formula to use organic grass-fed whole milk. So if you need baby formula for your baby, consider Byheart. New customers can get 10% off your first order by using code ONBOYS at byheart.com. That's b y h e a r t.com/podcast and it is 10% off your first order. byheart.com/podcast This is a limited time offer and additional terms and conditions may apply. One of the most challenging things about being a woman at midlife is realizing how little people understand about perimenopause and menopause, Janet. I just had a conversation with my sister about that this weekend. She is 10 years younger than me, so I'm 51. She's 41, and she went to ask her healthcare provider, Hey, can you provide me some information? And she got information, but she was frustrated by how incomplete it seems, how little we know, and how for way too many people, the answer seems to be, yep, that's the way it is. Deal with it.
0: hmm Deal with it. And not only are our mamas out there having to deal with perimenopause likely at this age, but many of our moms are dealing with their sons. Entering or in puberty, which is kind of nature's irony, which is oof. Cruel joke, well. Janet. Cruel joke. Cruel joke.
1: Thankfully, thankfully, increasingly, there are those who are recognizing that women need and deserve competent care and treatment for perimenopause and menopausal symptoms. And we know that can still be harder to access than it should be, which is why we have partnered with Winona. Winona helps women who are dealing with menopause or perimenopause. Winona is a collection of OBGYN health professionals who believe that your symptoms are important, real, and deserve to be taken seriously. Telehealth. You can access care from your home when it is convenient for you.
0: Visit buywinona.com today to start your free visit. With free U.S. shipping and the ability to pause or cancel at any time, your path to wellness has zero obligations. Use the code ONBOYS at buywinona.com for 25% off your first order. That's B-Y-W-I-N-O-N-A dot com slash on boys. Winona, menopause care made easy.
2: So I give a little little pinch with my own nails to my own self. You don't do this to someone else. You do this to you. And then you grip it and you say, I'm dinosauring it out. I'm dinosauring it out. I'm dinosauring it out. Now you've told your amygdala, you're not powerless. We're not powerless. I'm just having something really big right now. And I got the tools to get through this and I'm powerful and strong like a dinosaur, I'm dinosauring it out. And then I give that little pinprick so that I get a tactile thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm breathing as I do that 20 seconds, 20 seconds will feel like five minutes, but 20 seconds, your parasympathetic nervous system calms down. So teach this to your teens. Teach this to your kids so that they can self-soothe, they can self-take care of themselves, and they don't always have to come to you. And the more you can do that, of course, the better for them in real life, in the real world, because you can't yell at a boss or you can't yell at a teacher. I mean, so teaching them how to do this, that you have big feelings, it's legitimate, you feel what you feel. How do I move through it? Mm-hmm. And I, I joke for those of you that know the Bible in the 23rd Psalm that says, "Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil for thou art with me. I love that it's, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, not take up residence therein. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what happens is we get in conflict and we're stuck there. You mm-hmm. want to move through it. Mm-hmm. And so dinosauring it out is such a great technique vox is such a great technique let's say you have to say no to them and they don't want to hear no Mm -hmm. you use the sandwich technique that's another thing i've got in the book the sandwich technique is before i want to deliver information to you i want to open your ears because if i just tell you no and your ears aren't open you're just going to fight with me and argue with me now we're in power struggle Mm -hmm. so your amygdala is triggered my amygdala is triggered we're off to the races that is not Great. And it's harder to have to deal with that. So you want to prevent that from happening. So I have to deliver bad news to you. I'm not just going to say you're not going to the party. I'm going to say I know how much you've been looking forward to going to that party. And it seems like all the popular kids are going and it's the place to go. And I really don't want you to go because I think it's unsafe or you haven't done your homework or your coach grounded you because you didn't do whatever. And, you know, that's appropriate. And I want you to know how much I'm going to respect the fact that you're going to be very disappointed and you're very unhappy. And I really respect you for the fact that you can be so mature and you can handle that. And I'm willing to help you maybe earn it back or get over it or fix it or do something that's going to make that work. 50% 50% of the time that will work like a charm, mm. boom. Mm-hmm. Let's say you got a kid that is maybe emotionally volatile or really immature and they're not used to you sandwiching. Mm-hmm. They get angry again. What do we do? You vacuum. them. Mm-hmm. Back, hey, to you the, mm-hmm. Back to Vox. Back to vux. So mm-hmm. if you have to, sandwich vux, sandwich Vox, sandwich Vox. Those things work in beautiful tandem with each other. And it helps calm it down to where, you know what? Life has disappointment in it. We yeah. don't always get everything that we want. And part of maturity and growing up is being able to learn how to handle that and accept that. And as parents, we want to train and teach our kids how to do it, even though they vomit on us out as we're doing it. And I'll give you one more thing that works great with kids. If I have to deliver bad news and they don't like it, I will say, you know, let's say you've got a 14-year-old. Are You're 14 now. Are you more mature than when you were nine? Of course I am. Do you think you might be more mature when you're 18 than you are now? I'm telling you every single time, bing, 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 wow. their eyes open. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's possible that I might maybe know a few things that might be helpful to you? Maybe protect you? Just maybe? Mm-hmm. Would you be willing to trust my judgment on this, even though I know you're so disappointed? And even though I know you don't want to do it, I really want to give you a compliment that you're handling this disappointment really well. One more technique. Before you give a compliment, don't just give it to them. Their ears aren't open. They can't hear you. You know what, Joseph, may I give you a compliment? Bing, 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 bing. Yes, you may. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it on. Then <laughs> you give it to them. Yeah. Let's say, and see, now remember, if you've not done this before, you know things aren't going to work the first time out because you have habituated them to the fighting and conflict. And maybe if they fight enough, they get their own way. So they've been habituated to that. So it's gonna take a little bit to rewrite the script. And let's say you go through a fight or a disappointment or you had to ground them or whatever it is you had to do. Then later when things are calm, you say to them, may I give you a compliment? And they'll look at you like, what? I say, I know you were disappointed and I know you disagreed and I think you handled it really well. I want you to know that I'm impressed with you and I'm proud of you. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you guys, they will melt into your hands. Mm -hmm. Literally, they will melt into your hands. Yeah, Remembering
0: that all these things happen in moments of calm. And Jen and I have talked before about how do you talk to your boys? And it's not eye contact. It's doing something together, riding in the car, going for a walk, tossing a ball, cooking together and then having these conversations. And it's not just one. We have to habituate ourselves to do these techniques and try one. I mean, you've got 20 tools in your book. So it's not like one is going to be the be all and end all. Try another one, add another one. It's retraining ourselves as the parents and holding that calm, coming back to that place Recognizing, I think especially moms, we get so embroiled, and we want to just solve it in the moment and fix it right then. And it it can't, as you said, twenty minutes. Right. They're offline. You're offline. Forget right. it. Go do something. Come back to it. And for our boys, you know, it can be the next day, or it might be that night at bedtime. It can be more than that. Just that twenty minutes of the height. And, Um, amygdala. Talk about screens, because this is a place where, sure, we can add in all these techniques, but things are happening in our kids' brains when they're on screens. They're getting the dopamine over and over and over. And I work with so many parents, and this is the place of conflict. This is the place where parents are like, oh, fine, whatever, because they're so tired of the yes. constant, but it's just five more minutes or the negotiation, racing through homework so they can get to their screens, not doing social real life activities because they want to be on their screens. Talk about screens. It's
2: yes. the yes. of
0: every parent's existence.
2: Yes. I remember when I I mean my son is 40 now and my daughter's 36. So when they were teenagers, you know, internet stuff had just really come out and it was just starting. And I insisted that they only, it was a one computer in the house, you know, Mm -hmm. I insisted that they, I put the computer, I wouldn't let it be in their bedrooms. I -hmm. put it in sort of a main area where it had to be. And I'd walk by and kind of peek and look Mm -hmm. and they hated it, but it didn't matter. That was just the way it was. And now that they have kids, they remember it and they have thanked me for it. Mm-hmm. So, part of the problem is that nowadays, for you parents, uh, it's much harder for you because they've got devices, they can do things in private, you can't be around it all the time. It's much harder. So, mm-hmm. what I would say is rather than uh, restricting, incentivize something else. And so, what I can tell you is that food also gives a dopamine hit. Caring for somebody by making their favorite food also gives a dopamine hit. So instead of no, 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 get off, and it's five minutes, and you have to do it. It's I made your favorite dinner, and when and and let let me just lay out the rules for us. When you know it, you're on the on the screen or the game or whatever it is you're doing, and we we're going to set a timer. So buy a little egg timer, and mm-hmm. when the timer goes off, you have 30 seconds to finish what you're doing and to turn it off. If you do that, you get to pick what I'm making for dinner that night or the next night.
1: Mm-hmm. Happy to
2: do that for you. And let's say they don't do it, actually make something they don't like Mm. next time. You should pick dinner, shouldn't you? Mm -hmm. And there's no fighting. There's no arguing. There's no complaining. Then the next night they try it because it was boring anyway. Who cares? They got off and you took them out for ice cream or you made them dinner or you made their favorite whatever it is you want. That's food because food is a dopamine hit. You And you don't have to say, yeah, you don't do that. I won't do this. You make it subtle because then the brain is a very subtle organ. The brain will learn to go, I like when mom makes me whatever. Or I like when I have a nice conversation with mom at dinner. I kind of want that. So you incentivize them to do it. And let me give you another analogy. Um, I heard this on NPR and Hidden Brain. There was a couch company that was a big bespoke customized couch company that sold 20 and thirty thousand dollar couches wow right? so yeah. people could design it the fabric the piping the arms i mean it was a completely customized thing that they would design online mm-hmm. and what happened is a lot of people would go all the way through and at the point of sale not complete mm-hmm. the company was really frustrated you know so they added more gas in a car you have gas or a brake in all relationships you have gas or a brake So, they added more gas, more marketing, more sales, more promotions, more emails. Didn't change it. Finally, somebody smart said, Let's actually figure out what the problem is. And they hired somebody to go and call these people and just a sampling of them and just ask, you know, when you got to the point of sale, what prevented you from completing the sale? The number one reason for the overwhelming majority of all of these people who could afford a $20,000 couch was drumbeat, please. They didn't know what to do with their old couch no isn't Whoa. that ridiculous so now isn't the solution easy when we give you the new couch we Ooh. will take away the old couch yeah so putting the brakes on was much better than putting the gas on mm-hmm. and when i say that in your relationships with your teens sometimes it's gas sometimes it's brakes. how fast do we go and get stuff done? And we also live such fast lives. I mean, there's music and practice and tutoring and SATs and school and boys and girls and breakups. And oh my God, they are just flooded with stuff. Mm -hmm. So sometimes just putting brakes on where you can create a safe, calming space. Now it's not going to happen because, well, I want to sit and talk to my mom. That's not how the teenage brain, it's not going to work, especially with boys, you know, when they're little, they will, but then the older they get, they have to kind of pull away from you somewhat in order to individuate. And you want them to, you want them to be grown men, you know, and you want them to individuate away and then come back and be these wonderful loving sons for you. So it's figuring out your particular kid. And one more analogy for our listeners, someone calls in a bomb in the town square that guy is in a Michelin suit and he waddles out, right? He doesn't start cutting wires. He looks or she looks and diagnoses. Is it a pressure switch? Is it a gas fuel? I mean, what is happening before they just start doing stuff? Mm -hmm. Same thing, we all live such fast paced lives. We think we know our kids and so we just do. Mm -hmm. My request and suggestion for people is after hearing this talk, Go back and look at your kid with different eyes. What is going on for them? Mm-hmm. What is happening in their lives? Friends, you know, where are they getting a dopamine hit and where are they getting cortisol? Uh, for some, it's social, for some, it's academic, for some, it's athletic, for some, it's, you know, belonging or rejecting. What is happening for them? It's not that hard. You just look at them with new eyes. Now you'll know. You'll have one more compassion, and then two. You'll know how to wipe the spaghetti sauce up when it's wet easier than having to scrape it off with a knife later. But either way, you still have all these tools. So mm. practice these tools, and if I can tell your readers, I have um, this is sort of my love letter to humanity. Just getting these tools out and let it help people. So uh, on my web page holding the calm at Mm calm.com uh i've got all kinds of free stuff on there i've got you know podcasts and articles and then what i've started doing is a little one minute holding the calm tips
0: they're great by the way have listened to them they're awesome
2: (laughs) thank you and so You can sign up by email to get them. And I said once a month because I'm so busy. I didn't want to commit to more than once a month. But honestly, I'm doing it a couple times a month whenever I feel inspired, you know, to do one. Or quite frankly, when I blue draw my hair and I look decent.
0: I can do it. The important things, Hesha.
2: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And I've covered my gray. But I'll do these little one minute tips. And I'm probably going to do one on Dinosauring It Out now. Great. Talked about it. And dinosauring it out, think about the 50 year old idiot brother in law or uncle or coach who's basically an eight year old boy. Yeah. Right. Doesn't he need to dinosaur it out? So sometimes you can say that to them. Sometimes you can help them, you know, within your own family. Sometimes you can do it for yourself, but it is, it's tremendous. And it's so simple and so easy to just get us to take a step back. So you don't say something you'll regret. Or you don't do something you'll regret. That's the break. Mm
1: -hmm. And now
2: I've created a moat. By holding the calm, I've created a moat around my emotions. (sighs) What are my choices? What do I choose to do? And how do I choose to do it? And so I wrote the book with 20 tools in 20 chapters, filled with tons of stories and anecdotes. And what I tell people, my stories and anecdotes are battle-tested. I mean, I use them in in real lawsuits and real fights so I know what works with people. Take them. I give them to you. Take them. And if someone's frustrating and you don't know what to say, you can say, you know what? I heard a story. And tell them one of the stories. They take 30 seconds to tell. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, people listen better than saying, you know what? You should or you don't or you must. Yeah, I heard a story. Yeah. Just imagine how it changes. Like, think about the little couch story I just told everybody. Mm-hmm. I could have said, well, you have an accelerator and you have brakes and you need to make sure that you consider the tube." Yeah. No, I told the couch story. Yeah. Everyone's going to remember it now. Yep. Yeah. You can do the same thing. And I put good stories in there and take them, you know, take them, use them however you want to do, make your life easier. Yep. That's the goal of holding the calm. So hard. Make your life easier.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, this has been so great, Hesha. And I just every time you say holding the calm, it's you're right. It's this mantra because you've already put that into our brains of you're going to be in that space in that moat is going to be. I love the the just the visual of the moat around your emotions, around between you and your your toddler that's melting down between you and your your tween and your teen that's arguing you to death. It's like, oh, I'm here. I have this moat exactly. around me. I can hold the calm. And, and okay.
2: even with what I want to say, because we've been talking about teenagers, this stuff works with toddlers mm-hmm. and with children. You just have to adapt what you're saying to them. So if mm-hmm. someone's frustrated, you sit with them. A two or three-year-old is screaming. Okay, I'll just sit with you while you're screaming. You let me know when you got all your screaming out. Let me know when you feel better, because mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, you just need to yell. I get that. Okay. And it takes literally how long can they possibly yell, right? Yeah. 30 seconds, a minute. <laughs> and then afterwards, when they've calmed and you hold, held them in your arms, you can say, you know what? How does your throat feel? How do your eyes feel? How does your chest feel now? Oh, so when we scream and yell a lot, it kind of hurts us, doesn't it? yeah, I know. Now you implanted that data into their little brains that maybe it's not so good to scream and yell. But if they get their own way when they scream and yell, that's what goes into the little brains.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
2: And, And I want to make sure I say to people that are struggling as parents, I'm a grandmother now. I'm a lot smarter than I was. When I was a- <laughs> had I known this and had someone taught this to me, my life would have been so much easier, yes. which, is why I'm, which is why I'm doing this for people because life is hard. My God, there's so many challenges that we have to deal with. Let's wipe the spaghetti sauce up when it's wet, whenever we can, you know? Yes, I'm with you.
0: Well, listeners uh, and Hasha, thank you so much for this time. And I encourage all of our listeners to get this book, Holding the Calm, and also to go to your website, holdingthecalm.com. And look at those videos. Just watch one a day and think about that one throughout the day and how you can practice it and put it in put it into your habit life and your family life will be calmer, you'll be calmer, and you know, that can only do good in the world.
2: Amen. And I, you know, I don't know if we have a minute, but to think about this too, you know, we have all these murderers who are running around shooting places up and killing people. I mean, I mean, they're absolutely murderers Mm -hmm. and not to excuse it at all. It's horrific. But if we step back, every single one of these basically young men Mm -hmm. was filled with anger and rage and didn't know how to handle big emotions or big feelings. Mm -hmm. And think about that guy in Uvalde, Texas. He shot his grandmother in the face. Okay. Tell me about that relationship. Yeah. Right. Not good. So. It's, you know, people have mental issues, they have emotional maturity issues, they have intellectual issues, they have fear. There's so much going on out there. If you can do this, not just your own kids, a neighbor's kid, mm-hmm. a, a kid at school, any other kid, and you were one sane, loving, calming adult mm-hmm. in that person's life, you have no idea That you may have changed the entire trajectory of what that kid is going to do or not do because one person saw them and helped them dinosaur it out or voxed them or sandwiched them Mm. i mean the magic of this stuff this is this is these are magic beans that i'm giving out to people Mm. use them everywhere you go we really can make this a better world we can we absolutely can so i I thank everybody for listening and for trying and for wanting to be able to do this. It's it's work worth doing.
0: Yes, it is. Thank you so much, Hesha, for being here.
2: My pleasure.
0: This has been the On Voice Parenting Podcast, and our guest today was introduced to us by a listener. If you know of someone that you think is amazing and our listeners would benefit from hearing from, please send us an email or reach out on Facebook or Twitter and let us know who that is. We would love to invite them to be on the show. Again, this is the On Boys Parenting Podcast. We're your co-hosts, Janet Allison of boysalive.com and Jennifer L.W. Fink of buildingboys.net. Thanks for being our listener.